0: Are you leaving a personal data trail for cyber criminals? I'm Kurt, the Cyber Guy. Today's podcast, we have a very special guest joining us who really knows her stuff when it comes to your security and your privacy online. And if you just started to hear these figures, it's unbelievable. In the U.S. alone, according to the Norton Cybersecurity Insights report that came out, the the, the most recent one, 143 million victims so far in the U.S., $19.4 $19.4 billion lost to cyber criminals. And this fact I thought was kind of interesting, and we'll ask Paige about it when she joins us. But people most prone to cyber crime now, millennials, can you believe it? Anyway, time that you lose to recover from any of these kind of compromised moments averages in the US at 19.8 hours, so about 20 hours. Of just dealing with garbage you never wanted to deal with and having to rehash this nightmare, in many cases, people are just losing many things they had no idea uh, they were exposed to. You know, at some point in the future, your neighbor, your friends, they're gonna tell you about a personal and expensive nightmare of their own that they encounter with a cyber criminal taking advantage of them somehow online through either a home connected device. Or maybe they don't even know how it happened because these cyber criminals are so smart and they just keep getting smarter at getting to our information. Now, you, on the other hand, will have listened to this podcast and you'll feel much safer and you'll be prepared. So hopefully you won't have your nightmare stories. Oh, the joys of being that person and the know when others are just catching up. My goal today is, well, to give you the wisdom, the smarts the action plan to making your life across a myriad of digital devices in all of our lives much, much safer. And with that, I would like to introduce you to Paige Hanson. Paige, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Kurt. All right, you know the game and you know the drill. It's called the elevator pitch. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is your chance to tell us all about you and why we should care about what you're about to say. On your mark, get set, go.
1: Going up. as norton's chief of identity education i work to empower consumers to identify and protect their digital footprints so this includes just thinking about identity personal data even their homes when it comes to the connected devices a cool part about my job is i also work with fbi's law enforcement executive development association which is kind of like a sister organization that trains identity theft um, to law enforcement i'm also proud to be part of norton's team of experts that not only talk about consumer identity, but we do talk about identity management as a whole. Um, on a personal note, I do have a four-legged furry friend named Tyson. He's a boxer. Animals have a near and dear place in my heart, and I cannot think of a better human dog than my dog, Tyson the Boxer. And house.
0: And perfect. Outstanding. And was I
1: close to 30 seconds? I You tried. were right on it, baby.
0: <laughs> you are were 33. It was awesome. It was perfect.
1: Okay, there
0: we go. <laughs> Paige, I have so many questions. And a lot of the questions, you know, they come because I think I know exactly what I need to do. And then suddenly something happens, and then, wow, my privacy's out there again, or my uh, information is now compromised in one way or another. We all remember the social media. Facebook scandal that happened and the breaches there and then we don't even think about common things around our house. When I did my own search to just say, hey, am I still up to date? I couldn't believe that my router was vulnerable all because I didn't tweak one or two settings and they changed over time. So anyway, I wanted to say thank you so much for joining us and thank you for sharing with us. I have this question though for you to start off because I've actually never met somebody who who holds a certificate and identity leadership. (laughs) What is that?
1: Well, it's definitely an up-and-coming subject matter that, you know, just like if you think about people in the InfoSec community or even that can code, I mean, it's definitely identity management and incorporating identity theft within even the law enforcement pillars of of education is up-and-coming just because it is top of mind and one of the fastest-growing crimes in America.
0: And as a certified identity theft risk management specialist, with a trademark behind that name. Uh, What is it that scares the bejesus out of you at this point?
1: Oh, certainly. What what really, for me, it's the the complexity and yet the basic types of identity theft that is leading consumers vulnerable. So not only do us as consumers have to worry about the what's considered the low-tech, no-tech methods of you know, watching our mail and what we're sending out. But now we have just the idea of being online, all of these connected devices, and then becoming almost little experts on how to make those safe. And so we no longer can just live in this box or hole thinking, oh, it's, it's not going to happen to me. Consumers actually need to take a proactive step in protecting not only their data, privacy, but personal information as well.
0: So tell me like most recently, because I always am asked, you know, give me an example of why I should really protect myself. What's a, what's a current danger that I've never heard of or that isn't often spoken about that uh, cyber criminals are, are toiling with our lives with?
1: You know, we often hear about this idea of, of connecting to free Wi-Fi. And you may have heard news reports about it's dangers or what to do. But I think, uh, especially with a lot of the conversations I'm having with the average consumer or even law enforcement, of you think, oh, what's the big deal? You know, I I don't have that much information to share. Why does it even matter? And the the idea is that your web browser actually tracks your search history. And when you're on public Wi-Fi, that information can be sold to third parties. So yes, while you may be checking the weather, what you wouldn't want people to know is where you bank. And maybe you have a medical condition that you don't want to yet to disclose. All of this is information that you're searching for on
0: free public Wi-Fi. Let me ask you something. Who's Who wants this stuff? Like, who's going after it?
1: Well, I think there's a range. Um, this is a very lucrative business for marketing companies. Now, if you're connected with the right marketing company, they can sell you... Data of, you know, of, say, how many consumers you want to market to of who are all looking at the same type of shoe. Maybe you want to target runners. Maybe you want to target people with a certain medical condition. Maybe you want to target somebody who enjoys um, all the same beverage, a certain latte. Uh, either way, they are paying for this information. So that's kind of like the, the corporate side of, of all this data. And then you have fraudsters. So there's a, we've probably all heard of phishing emails. So we, we get this email, it's, it's fraudulent, but what they're asking for us to do is react. We either click on the link, open up the attachment. Either way, they're likely installing some malicious software either, either on our computer onto our network. Well, now they're using this, it's called targeted phishing. So it's spear phishing, where they know your history, they know what you like and what you're looking for. So now when you're looking for a certain sweater, on a website, now they're going to target you and say, oh, we have a special coupon for you. Download this link or down- upload this webpage and we're going to give you 50% off this item. And so you think "This is fantastic, perfect timing. But really, it's your web history that gave away the fact that you are interested in the sweater in the first place.
0: Is the coupon bogus or is that a real coupon?
1: It's likely not a real coupon. So instead, it's a a malicious website that looks like, in most cases I'll say, it looks like the actual website of the retailer you're going to buy that. And the coupon is bogus, but really what it's done is installed malicious software. Or in some cases, they may ask you to type in some personal information about yourself in order to get that coupon. But we don't think, you're thinking, ah, this is awesome, perfect timing, but really what we're doing is giving away personal information.
0: You know, um, my mother, sorry, Mom, but she's just constantly doing this. She's constantly saying, hey, I get this great coupon, or you're not going to believe who I heard from. And I was, and she'll forward me the email, and I see that the web address is not, you know, it's some crazy web address that happens to include what seems like a le- le- legitimate name. And I'll say, Mom, don't do that. That's not, did you ask for that? And she'll say, no, but, you know, it seems real. And I say, well, did you click on it? Yeah, I guess I did. So what do we do in this day and age now? This stuff's constantly coming at us. What's the solution?
1: You know, we certainly have to keep our guard up. We can no longer just take an email for its face value. Uh, There is, I mean, thankfully, at least where I work and maybe a lot of people where they work, there is rigorous training around phishing emails and having you identify them and forwarding it to a certain department if you think something is phishing but for our personal and everyday lives, we probably don't have that sort of training, and so now, kind of like uh, your mom, there's some little things that you can do. One is to kind of wave your your cursor or your mouse over that link, not click on the link, but wave over it, because what they could have done is kind of change the URL that you're visually you're you're seeing. But really, when you wave your, your mouse over it, it's going to extend the URL and, and show what it actually is going to take you. And you could see right there that even though it looks like your banking website that they're trying to get you to click on, it might be some bogus website that doesn't even have the name of your bank in them.
0: Wow. And let's talk about the malware that, that is now a huge problem where you know innocent people, meaning well, um, again, my mother is beautiful she's smart so I just uh, when she falls for it again and again I'm like mom you're smarter than this and it's not like she's not alone I mean we all do it we all find ourselves uh, either just operating at such a pace where we just click it to get to the next thing to see what it is because it seems legitimate by the time you've clicked it you now have potentially put that malware on your system what's inside of malware that we should be aware of that's uh, of concern you're
1: I just want to just reiterate yes you're right everyone can be a victim of this. It doesn't matter how much training you've done or how smart you are or maybe not um, technologically, if you are technologically challenged, everyone can fall victim to this because fraudsters are getting so good at making this look like legitimate websites. And so if you yourself think, I'm not going to click on an attachment that I don't know of where it's coming from and I'm not going to click on a link, that certainly sets you up, sees you up for success. But when we talk about malware more specifically, it can do a number of things. And it really just depends on the type of code involved within that malware. Uh, We think the first goal for malware would be to infect your, your device itself. And so oftentimes that's where we get the term ransomware. This malware can be on our not only device, but it could be on our network where they've encrypted every single thing on your computer. They hold you so hostage. Think about, I mean, just, well, yeah, they do. And now, um, now think about uh, what you have on your computer. You might have photos. You might have copies of your tax returns, maybe a document with your passwords, files you've been working on, contacts. I mean, really the list and the, the sensitive information that can be held hostage is now into the hands of, of bad guys. And I just recently, I believe I was listening to the radio on the way into work, and and one report was saying that the average ransomware attack is now about only $500. Now it's just this quick buck or this quick turnaround that criminals can make a quick $500 and move on to the next person because that's how many people are falling for this phishing email and clicking on it.
0: Wow. And, it, and it, isn't it often cheaper just to pay the $500 Is the reasoning behind a lot of people who do it to these, these people, these criminals that have, that have tried to ruin our lives and locked us out of everything that's important to us? It, isn't it easier? I mean, that's what, that's what I'm hearing. Just pay them and get it over with.
1: Right. And, you know, you ha- do have conflicting advice whether it's an uh, esteemed organization like the FBI recommending pay it or not pay it. Um, then you have local experts that say pay it, not pay it. And it actually, it, it, it wavers. I've heard both recommendations. I think it's best if you're in that situation, it be before you're in this situation, to back up all, every single thing you have on your computer. Uh, and then you kind of are taking a mental category, or at least just a list, Of the information you have on your computer maybe then you decide when you're backing up to actually remove some of the sensitive information Uh, most importantly your tax returns no need to keep an unencrypted file of your tax returns on your your desktop or on your network that's going to leave yourself open for vulnerabilities but uh you know making sure you back it up so then it's not as big of a deal if yes they have your encrypted information but at least you have a backup of that copy
0: That is really good information. Let me ask you something else. I can't tell you how many times I hear this. Oh, I I don't care what I share of my personal data online. I don't have anything to hide. Why should I care about any of that stuff?
1: (laughs) You know, we do hear that a lot. And protecting your identity and personal information is important. So we all have things we don't want to be in the hands of the wrong people. So think about your bank account information or even your medical history. And I think for those per- that person that says that, uh, the most important thing to remember about privacy is that it is yours. So it's your information, your habits, your patterns, and those, um, I guess the actions you take, you have the right to keep all of that private.
0: So you believe in taking ownership of your online presence. What does that mean?
1: So we we, and when we talk about this, it's, it's more like managing your digital footprint. So uh, the idea about around this, is you know, we don't want everyone to know every single place we're visiting online. So it is important that we, and I guess it's part of the key of really keeping your identity secure, is to also kind of keep your digital footprint uh, secure. So we want to make sure we empower people with some information and tools to really better protect their identity, personal information, devices, and their homes. So um, if you think about the just the abundance of information you're sharing, it uh to me i don't know about you kurt but it seems very daunting to control just if you think about every place your information might be i don't even know that i can i mean i just
0: i'm using every tool i possibly (laughs) can and i still don't know that if i'm getting a grip on it and uh you know i just i've i look to third parties that are really good at it to get a solution there tell me if you would Paige, your top online safety tips given what's going on in the world today
1: Well, the first one is to, what we just talked about, which is really just to own your online um, presence, it's really important that we read the terms and conditions of the privacy policy before opening up an account or downloading an app. So I think a lot of us are used to saying, accept, 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 okay, okay, okay. But what we're usually giving access to, and we're talking about an app. You're downloading an app. It might be a free app. It might be a paid app. So much of us, many of us get into the habit of saying, yes, yes, yes. Well, now I've actually given this app access not only to my geolocation, which they might be tracking all of the time, but access to my contacts, camera, microphone. And there's no need for a lot of those apps to really have all of that information and mining that data about us.
0: And then um, in terms of the thing we hear about the dark web, where criminals trade your identity and other illegal things that they shouldn't be doing and they wouldn't be do, able to do out in the in the real world. Um, well, if I, for example, I, I, I saw that you could search to see if one of your email addresses is on there. And in, in my case, my email was not, but I, of course, put in my mother's because I'm protective. and And I see that it's been exploited in three different forms. And at the end of the day, the site was just trying to get me to download some Uh, thing that they're selling. But the the reality was changing the password of that um, email address seemed like the smartest thing to do at that time. Um, What is it that you could do if you do see that or you get, you know, someone reaches out to you from a company and says, you know, your information has been compromised, and we're going to protect your credit. But what do you what can you really do to regain sort of the center of, of your privacy if it's already out there?
1: You actually hit on a really good point is what if it's out there. Uh, this is not meant to be a scare tactic by any means, but your your information, all of our information, whether it's an email address, phone number, or even more like social security number, date of birth, mother's maiden name, is out there in some form of, or capacity. You know, We've given our information out thousands of times since Day of birth until now, and so it's a matter of, and getting to your question, is you know, what do we do? And I, I think in the steps in regards to the example of your mother's uh, email being out there, the first step we highly recommend is ch- changing that password. Because in a lot of um, organizations, or I guess a lot of dark web forums, they'll also not only have the username or, or email address, but they'll also have a password. And many of us use the same password and username on multiple sites. So now instead of just your email potentially being compromised, they'll run a quick script that will go through, not only it'll comb through your email to see what organizations you're doing business with, and then they'll use that same username and password combination to try to gain access in full account takeover mode of all of your other accounts so changing your password is actually first and foremost what you need to
0: do and that brings us to some tips that i got from you also about uh stronger and unique passwords are the way to go so use a string of words that are easy for you to remember but hard for others to guess what's an example of that because i always get confused or i always i hear from people that say you know i can't remember that long password with the zeros and the dashes and the special characters what do you recommend
1: well, using a password manager is what the first what we recommend, because then you're only remembering one password, and that's the most most complex that you would be getting access to this password manager, and they would then generate or store the passwords on your behalf. Um, it, it takes a little bit to to set up. it will it will require some attention to set up because you're going to have to change your password for every single website you're doing it with. But if you can imagine just that, the ease of, of trying to remember, that helps you. That means each one is unique. Uh, but when it comes to just creating a password, I often say it's best if you're using some sort of phrase or just random words that you put together. And really our password is, I don't know, just as, it's as strong as the the fraudsters algorithm to try to, to break it. So um, w- what I mean by this is there's probably a website out there that will say test your password strength. Uh, we never want to put our password into anything that isn't what we intended to be for. So. If I'm putting in my social media password, I should only be putting it in on that social media platform versus some website that's going to tell me whether or not it's strong enough.
0: Right, and number two on the tip list, avoid unprotected Wi-Fi. We're talking about eavesdropping of strangers, public Wi-Fi, you should use VPN. What is What would I consider an unprotected Wi-Fi network?
1: So any public Wi-Fi, this is going to be going to your local coffee shop. It's also considered airports hotels. Now, unprotected Wi-Fi is still going to a free Wi-Fi. It's just because you have a username and password doesn't make it secure. I'll use the example of a hotel. Typically you check in and they say, no problem, you access the Internet. Oh, by the way, the password is printed here uh, on this guest, on this little card. Um, even though it is a password, it does anyone who has that password can access the same network. So really when you, what you want to treat that is like someone looking over your shoulder not only seeing everything you type, but then also seeing your traffic history.
0: Tip number three, change default passwords on all home-connected devices. We're talking about thermostats and Wi-Fi routers.
1: Oh, yes. This is the glorious thing. You know, we get this cool thermostat or refrigerator, and we're so excited just to get it and to see what it's going to do and how how much easier it's going to make our life but the next step and the very first thing you should do is to make sure you're changing that default password because it's not hard for the fraudsters to find out what the default password is for each of these unique devices. And now think about just the camera abilities. You've probably seen some of the news stories on fraudsters breaking into baby cameras. And if you imagine somebody having eyes not only on your child but then your interaction with your child when you're in that room, It can be pretty scary and in order to help combat that is by just changing that default password to something strong and unique, then it's an extra layer of protection than somebody having eyes on your child um, at any time.
0: We've already hit on tip number four, don't open unsolicited messages. I always ask myself, did I request this message and if I can't say yes, I usually don't open it if I'm smart enough and I'm not caught up in the moment and accidentally click on it. Is that good advice?
1: It is. And Kurt, you almost can't say it enough because uh, you know when you're sitting at your desktop or your laptop, the screen is much bigger and it's easier to really kind of dig in there and, and look at these emails. But when you're connecting and you're looking at your email on your phone, the screen is much smaller. So we have a tendency to maybe miss some of the things that we might have on the larger screen. So I realize that tip, you can't say enough because that's exactly how they, the fraudsters want to get into your network and into your device.
0: Tip number five, use multi-platform protection software and services. Uh, I'm assuming this is, I mean, I just learned when we all learned about Facebook, when some of those third-party apps that were downloaded, if a friend of yours was accessing one of those apps and they had access to your profile, they could essentially carry away every single thing that you ever shared with them that you intended to just be in their eyes and not be shared with anyone else. So is that is that is the same vulnerability there that if you've got great protection on a couple devices but you're missing it on one or two others, that that's a weak link that just exposes you again? What do I need to be doing?
1: It's truly, um, an analogy would be like wearing half a sweater. You know, here you are, you're all protected. Your left side is great, but your right side isn't as much just because you're not um, updated on that. And I know one of the things you mentioned that when you first this segment was around making sure that um, you're protected on multiple fronts. And that um, is the most important thing, is that your privacy settings that you are constantly looking at, um, it's something that you would, would do.
0: When you look way out ahead in the future, forecasting uh, what security and privacy looks like. What What are some of the biggest potential threats that we've yet to realize that we need to be mindful of? I
1: think if I if I reflect on just some of the conversations I've had just in the past couple months, it, it really talked. We've really talked. I guess the bigger discussions have really been around this advancing techn- technology and the technology. As much as convenience it adds to our life, it really is potentially giving away information. And so, the more we rely on these apps, and that's kind of leaking our tendencies and habits, um, I believe cyber criminals will really tap into that, target us in multiple ways, and so we really just have to be ahead and get ahead of those attacks.
0: Awesome. Uh, if you're listening for the first time, you can subscribe for uh, free right here where you started listening. Take a moment to share this important information now with friends and family by clicking the share links that are right here also. The Cyber Guy Report airs across America on Fox News Channel, beginning with Fox & Friends weekday mornings, and on Fox Business Network on shows like Mornings with Maria and Making Money with Charles Payne. You can find the latest CyberGuy reports online also at cyberguy.com. Many thanks to you, Paige. I appreciate you joining us.
1: Kurt, thanks so much for having me.
0: Paige Hansen, Chief of Identity Education for Symantec. Thank you for helping us get stronger and wiser against the latest growing threats. I look forward to staying in touch with you, and I'm sure you're going to give me a rattle when I need to know something new, because you are in the know. Take a moment to share this important information now with friends and family by clicking the share links again, and if you see me on my weekly commute between uh, LA and New York, please stop me and say hello. Follow me on Instagram at KurtTheCyberGuy, Facebook is CyberGuyOfficial, and my Twitter handle is CyberGuy. Thank you again, Paige. Appreciate it, and thank you everyone for listening.